Chats from the Blog Cabin. Welcome to a brand new episode. Welcome back to another episode of Chats on the Blog Cabin. You know the show where I virtually invite people into the blog cabin to chat about life. And today we're chatting about a very heavy subject, fear, and how it can cripple our futures. And Magdalia Smith had a lot of things to be fearful about. And she's a survivor of abuse and sex trafficking and wants other victims to know that God is real and that he can help. She has a book called In the Case When God's Promise and Safety Seems to Fail. And I absolutely love this book. It was inspired by real events. So welcome to the show, Magdalia. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, my name is Magdalia Smith. I was born in Chicago, Illinois. I moved here um, when I was about, I want to say 12, somewhere around that age. Um, my mom was, you know, in a not so good place. Um, And it took me down a rough road, very rough. But at the age of 26, I found Christ. um, And I went, completed my GED and opened up a business. I've been married now for 15 years. I have two beautiful, um, handsome young men. And that is me. I own my own business and I wrote a book. So let's talk about your book. Let's talk about In the Case because you you say that it's based on your life. So let's talk about some of the things that happens in the book. I know there's one particular quote that really spoke to me and I'm reading it verbatim. And it says that there are times on this Christian journey that you will have to drown out the negative voices in your head and fill it back up with God's promises. Daily, you have to keep your mind new to keep your mind sound. So let's talk about your journey going through what you went through and being able to keep your mind sound. Yeah, um, it it definitely was. I wanted something better. I wanted better for my life, not only for mine, but also my children, because I saw the ripple effect of me, my sister, and my two other siblings. And and I just, I couldn't go through a whole cycle of living, you know, a crazy lifestyle and having to bring my children in that. So I wanted it so bad. So it was easy for me to, you know, um, think of the positive, think of God's promises, think of you know, my future, my kids' future and and what they can have, although I didn't have it, you know, I just wanted better. So that that motivated me and inspired me to keep just think positive, fill it up with God's promises. And and through that I was able to make it through many trials and tribulations. So let's talk about some of the trials of tribulation. You talked about abuse. You talked about sex trafficking. So let's talk about your experiences with those. Well, abuse came from my mother. 
um, physical abuse, verbal abuse, and then I call neglect abuse too. Um, you know, my dad wasn't present in my life. My mom was, we were poor. She was on, on um, government assistance and yeah, <laughs> it, it's a lot. So, and then, you know, it went on to um, my first like real, real boyfriend, which is my kid's father. We married, although I should have not married. Um, but yeah, I experienced, then it was a cycle of abuse from him. You know, there was verbal abuse, physical abuse, mental abuse. And, and then I got out of that <laughs> and it went on. I, then I ended up with another guy that, you know, just showed me this, uh, a promise that looked so beautiful. And then I ex experienced the same thing. So how did you get out of those cycles of abuse of, of someone's promising you, you know, the, the moon and the stars, and then it ends up being abusive. How did you get yourself out of that? You know, so it was kind of, it was, I must say it was kind of easy because he was dealing with me and another woman. And as you read in my book, you know, she was able to provide more, you know, money for him. So when I decided that I was going to, you know, change my life, he actually, you know, was okay with it. He was like, okay. It was like he wanted her for one thing, but he wanted me for another. You know, have the, the quote of or the same, you know, they want their cake and eat it too. Well, that's how it was. But and then he had got in trouble. So and then that just kind of freed me all the way. Although I had given my life to the Lord prior to him going um, to prison. So, yeah. <laughs> wow. And so that particular relationship, that's where the sex trafficking came in? Yes. Yes. So again, it started off as, you know, this, you know, night shining armor came in and swept me off my feet through, you know, everything he was telling me. He was spending so much time with me and my children. And although I knew what he was doing, you know, behind the scenes, I just wanted to be loved. I just wanted the attention, you know, and the attention or and the quote unquote, what I thought was love was outweighing what he was doing on the side. Mm -hmm. But and then when I started to see less of him, then I was like, well, maybe I can do this too. So I almost felt like I got mind manipulated into mm -hmm. the situation. And that's how the sex trafficking began. So how long were you in that to where you finally said, I can't do this anymore. I have to do something better for myself and my boys. It was like, I want to say two and a half years on and off, you know, because the, the situation with the other individual, you know, she was sometimes she liked me, sometimes she didn't. And then sometimes I decided, well, you know what? I can't take this. I'm just going to get a regular job as my book stated. Um, and he was okay with that. So in some sort that led me to 
to believe, well, maybe he does care about me. You know, he's not forcing me to do this. But I think within time, I think he just got kind of tired and he was like, whatever, you're going to, you know, yeah, you're going to do this. And then, but <laughs> thank God I got, you know, I was able to get out of it. So how were you able to get out of it? Was it, I know a lot of times you see on TV where people are like, oh, you can't get back. You know, they come back and they hunt you down. Was it a situation like that? Or does TV kind of dramatize it a little bit? Um, You know what? See, everybody's sex trafficking experience is different. Some some people are kidnapped into it. Some people are drugged into it. You know, that was not my case. I was more mind manipulated into it. And um, and that was it. So it wasn't that I think I was more fearful of the girl than him, you know, because she was just like, she just didn't like the fact that I I appeared to be his, which was true. It was true, you know, and I'm sure she was mind manipulated in some sort. So I can't even fault her or, mm -hmm. you know, it was just the poor decisions I made. There were so many instances where I really could have just been like, I'm done. But I just felt like I just wanted to be loved. I didn't want to be alone anymore. You know, I've experienced neglect all my life, you know, and there was a void in me that I was trying to fill. And I felt like he was the one that was filling it. But I at, there was a point in my life where I, I I didn't even know I knew of God, but not the way I do now. And I remember after walking my boys home um, and I, this part gets me emotional, so please excuse me. <laughs> no problem. The right um, I just looked up to the sky and I said, God, there has to be more to this. There has to be more to partying, you know, drugs, uh, boyfriends and rent and bills and going to work. I knew that there was more to life. I just did not know how to fill that void. Sorry. No, it's it's perfectly fine. I mean, everybody's experiences are different. But yeah, to know, to see where you came from and where you come now, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. And so I really applaud you for sharing your emotion, for actually being emotional, because a lot of people aren't they don't want to be vulnerable. They don't want people to see that they are upset or that they cry or that things get to them. They want to be like, they're super strong, but it's only when we show our vulnerability or do we show our actual strength. So I applaud yes. you for that. Thank you. <laughs> so right now we need to take a quick commercial break and then we come back. You're going to read part of your book for us, correct? Uh, yes. All right. <laughs> Chats from the blog cabin. We not only have voices for a podcast, but also faces for YouTube. Don't miss your next episode. Do you feel betrayed by life, your body, or by someone that you love? You are not alone and you are not weak or overly emotional for feeling the way that you do. 
Betrayal is one of the most overwhelmingly painful experiences to navigate because it strikes at the core of who you are and what you are worth. No matter how gutted you feel, there is hope. You can flourish, not in spite of your experience, but because of it, I know. After 23 years of marriage, my world was shattered when I found out that my husband had been cheating on me with five different women for 15 years. I lost everything that day, my identity, my worth, and the future I had worked so hard to create. While it was a long and arduous journey back to myself, today I know who I am, what I want, and I am happier and more confident than I ever was before. I've got what I call naked self-worth, which is the ability to see know and love yourself for who you are, not for what you accomplished or for who you are in relation to others. No matter what has shattered your heart, if you're ready to get clear on who you are, what you want, and to learn how good life really can be, then life choreography is for you. Even if you feel too old or are too busy because you have kids at home and you're in charge of everything. Life Choreography is a comprehensive five-month, five-step program that empowers you to strip out of your labels, roles, and scripts, and to reveal yourself as you are, not as you think you should be. To learn more, go to NakedSelfWorth.com and download your free guide that shows you how to untangle yourself from the past. Reclaim your sexy and start re-choreographing life on your own terms so you can love and be loved for exactly who you most authentically are. And we are back chatting <laughs> with the author of In the Case, and you're actually going to read part of it for us, right, Migdalia? Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. And I am going to read the fourth chapter, which is my favorite chapter. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and it says, finally, Maria says to Ashley, I am ready. While Pastor Sanders was talking to visitors and members of the church, Maria patiently waited her turn. When he was finished, Pastor Sanders asked Maria if she was okay. I'm okay, but I'm ready to make a change and give my life to the Lord, she said. Pastor Sanders asked if she was sure, and Maria said yes. Pastor Sanders asked her to repeat this confession with him. If you shamelessly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe without a doubt that God resurrected Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. Maria believed in the confession, and after she repeated the confession, Pastor Sanders prayed for her as he laid his hand on her head. She could feel the weight lifting off her shoulders. She fell light on her feet and free. Her tears dried up as if God wiped them away. Her face was lit and her heart filled with this newfound inspiration. The church world caused it joy, and her mind became at ease. 
<laughs> I love that. Was that part of your experience when you actually gave yourself? Absolutely, my experience. I will never in life forget it. I, re I, oh my God, it felt so good. And I thought that that was going to be it. I was like, oh, I'm free. And, you know, now I'm going to get married. I'm going to have the white, beautiful house with the white picket fence. And that was not the case. <laughs> this was all new to me. And the real battle had just begun. Now, let's talk about that real battle. I mean, I cannot believe in the book you talk about it's based on your life so the court case was that really how you felt during that whole court case absolutely absolutely it was the craziest thing six months what well, six months prior to you know the the detectives coming to my house. I had just been called into the ministry. I didn't want it. I accepted it finally. And then six months later, I find myself behind bars. Wow. All my emotions was poured into the book. There were a couple scenes that I, I strategically changed um, just, you know, for legal purposes. Um, but my emotions um, are so real in this book. That's one thing that is not fiction. And your faith as well, because your faith, you can see. And my faith. <laughs> the journey, the journey of, you know, feeling unloved to just where you finally discover God and say, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. Because to me, I think anybody's going to record case, that's at least a that they want to do is wait. They want to take action. They want to do stuff. But your faith was telling you to wait and you waited. And I applaud you for that because I don't think I could avoid it. I, you know, I did not want to get myself into any other trouble because I know how they can mix your words up to make it look bad against myself. And and just the the Bible, the Bible says you know, hold your peace. I will fight your battle. And, you know, there were times where I'm like, well, maybe I could just say something, but I just couldn't. I said, nope. You know what? I said, God, you called me into the, it got to this point because it was three years. You know, the court case went on for three years. That last year I was like, this is it. And I, I'll never forget it. I was on a treadmill and I was just talking to God, you know, about the whole situation. And it reminded me when Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane, getting ready to be persecuted. And he told him, you know, nevertheless, he said, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And that's how I talked to God about it. I said, nevertheless, let, let your will be done. I said, God, you called me into the ministry. So if your purpose for me is to minister behind bars, then I'll do that. I was just ready to, you know what, whatever. You know, because I was so concerned. I had just got married. You know, my, my kid's father, 
he, you know, he wanted the kids and the kids were at that age where they wanted to be with him. But I had trained them for so long to live a whole nother lifestyle. I didn't want them to revert back to the things of the world because I know I knew what it did to me. And I was trying everything to to not to, to just to stay present in my children's life. But it got into the point I'm like, God whatever just whatever i'm i'm ready for this to be over with so yeah <laughs> yeah it was it was crazy now during those times i know a lot of people are thinking they lean on their faith but a lot of times people question their faith was there ever a point in your in your journey that you <laughs> questioned it absolutely those first couple years i questioned it i'm like uh, i question everything everything i question it but what's so crazy is although i questioned my faith i knew that that god existed i knew that he was real i knew that he was able you know to turn this situation because what he had done for for me you know before christ i was uneducated i couldn't i couldn't focus i i couldn't comprehend and after i gave my life to the lord he opened it for me i went into to the lab to work on my ged and it was like everything was so clear for me math i hated math past it i hated reading you know because i really couldn't come i just couldn't understand but God opened that for me. So it was just the, the, the little things that he had done up to that point. But of course, when you're the main character in the situation, mm -hmm. you're going to question something. But that's just the human part of us. That's just the human part. Look at Jesus. When he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, you know, mm -hmm. they said that his his sweat was as as blood, drops of blood. So I could imagine how Jesus felt at that moment, knowing I'm getting ready to die. Mm -hmm. Although he knew that he had a purpose, but it's still the flesh. We're flesh. And so I, I think it's quite natural to to kind of question, you know, the situation. But but to know that God is able, I think outweighs those little questions. So that is so true. Now, what would you say to other men and women, because men are also victims of sex, tra sex trafficking, um, wanting to they're find a way out? And like you mentioned earlier, that you felt so unloved, and that's where you felt the love. You felt like you belong. You like. Not that you belong, but like you were part of something that people loved you and that your worthiness came from that. What would you tell people that are trying um, to get out of sex trafficking? Because, but they don't, they're really struggling with it because they don't want to feel unloved. Oh God. The only thing, as, as I stated in my press release, the only, the only one that could help is God. So I say, Give him a try. You know, we try everything else. We spend our whole life trying everything. But if we would just pause, reflect, and give God a try, and 
I guarantee 100% that he will do it for you. Whatever you, you know, you had dreams about doing and now you feel like you can't do them, your aspirations, you know, they're still available to you. You just have to give him a try because you really do need a whole clean, when I say a clean slate, your whole mind has to be transformed. You know, your whole thought process, your whole, the, the people you keep company with now has to be change everything around you. So if you want to change, you really can change. You just have to give him a try. I don't know about 12 step programs. I don't know nothing about that. I took one step and that was just to give him a try. That's all. And it's the word of God is so powerful that when you go to church, the word should convict you and it should comfort you, it should inspire you, and it will let you know this is what you need. And that's just <laughs> simply it. Were th like we mentioned earlier about your court case and everything else, were there other stumbling blocks that were kind of like maybe people in your life that you kind of had to just say, I can't deal with you anymore because of turning to Christ? Um. <laughs> you know what's so crazy about me is that I really never had a big circle. Never. I always had like one friend. You know, I never needed to be in a crowd, although I did go to clubs, I partied. The only one thing I needed to stay away from was the area where I brought my marijuana from. That was it. Um, but other than that, I didn't have a problem with I guess because I was so insecure about myself, I, I always felt like everybody was just better than me and I didn't want to be around nobody because I didn't want them to see my flaws. So that isolation that the devil tried to get into you actually worked for God's favor in the end. It did. It did. It absolutely did. I love that. I also love the part where you talked about where it said pain caused by other individuals and ignored by the ones who are supposed to protect you, her made her feel like she didn't matter. And that probably is talking about the relationship with your mom, correct? Yes, that did. My, my mom, um, I don't know if you ever heard the saying hurt people, hurt people. Mm -hmm. my, my mom was actually a good mom and at some point something happened. And later on in life, I was told that she was gang raped. So that could have been, you know, her turning point. But my mom, yeah, she she was constantly, you know, on drugs, drinking. It just seemed like we we didn't matter. You know, my mom had insecurities. I didn't even know my mom was uneducated till I got in my in my teenage years. Um, I always thought she favored my sister more than me. Well, come to find out, my sister was smart. So my mom would take her places with her. So again, my mom had a load of sisters and my mom always um, cared for th their children but my mom never felt worthy enough, you know, 
to feel like she was somebody herself. So she always went along with whatever her sister said, you know, because that part you read from came from a situation of being sexually assaulted. And that's where I felt like the one, you know, that, and my mom was scared of my dad. So it's best just to keep things swept up under the rug. So what is your relationship like with your sisters and your mom and your siblings and your mom now? Um, you know what? I love my mother. My um, Due to her um, drug habit, she ended up having a stroke that um, she can't, like her right side of her body, you know, it's paralyzed. She lives with my aunt. I love my mother. I've learned that mm -hmm. she could, she did her best, mm -hmm. you know, she could only do so much for us. The relationship with my oldest sister, we're building one now because we were so separated. You know, she, she thought that I was more favored. I thought she was more favored. And then my two little siblings, my little brother and my little sister, when my mom had the stroke, they moved to Florida with my grandmother. So for years, you know, they were in Florida, we were here, and then they came back. So really they got the short end of the stick. But I love them dearly. I really, really do. I love my dad dearly. I've just, I've come to realize that they did their purpose for me in, in my life. And that was just to get me here. And God, God is doing the rest. <laughs> I love that. So you, along with finding God, you found forgiveness for everything that had happened to you in the past. Yes. Yes, I absolutely did because I've done, you know, I wasn't perfect either. I was destroying lives myself. You know, I was sleeping with other men. I'm quite sure they had families. Although they did not see it, God knows. God forgave me enough to give me another chance at life. And when I was going to these places out of town, I would hear, oh, such and such was found on the tracks dead or, or got raped in the hotel room. And when I saw how God covered me through all of that, I said, there's no way that I could hold any bitterness inside of me because God forgave me. God allowed me to see another day. I, I'm in my right mind. I still have the activity of my limbs. You know, I have a mind to, to serve him. My children, my, my children went on to graduate from high school, something that I did not do. You know, my kids, they got their own places. So God had done so much for me. There was no way in the world that I could hold any bitterness, you know, toward anybody else. I don't even hold bitterness toward the guy. You know, I really don't. Obviously, something went wrong. Someone influenced him. So I just look at it like that perfect. And can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. 
Can you hear me? Yep, I can hear oh, you. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm perfect. So I don't I, I just can't. My heart was not built up for that. I've done that too long prior to Christ. And I was like, no, my heart is too fragile. <laughs> so it's time to move on. And I also love the quote, and there's a couple of quotes in there, but this one, it says, we give our power away when we allow our lives to be dictated and out of control. So let's talk about power, because actually I was just reading a scripture this morning that talked about the power that God gives us. So let's talk yes. about the power. Yes, God has given us a power, all of us a power. And some people just don't realize the power that they possess. And again when you're when you're insecure you have low self-esteem you don't even realize how you're giving your power away but again it takes that aha moment to say you know what i'm taking it back i'm taking a stand and no more so how do you get over battling low self-esteem because i know that's a lot of listeners battle with that you know <laughs> Self-esteem, I mean, when it comes to insecurities and self-esteem, you really just have to look at yourself and appreciate what God had, how he created you and how he made you and how he loves you and to love yourself, you know, love yourself as he loves you. And that can be really hard if you have never been told that you're beautiful, that you're, you know, kids need to hear this. They need to know that they're loved. They need to, they need to see some action behind the word love. And I think that's how, you know, people can, can overcome the battle of in, insecurity or low self-esteem, you know, yeah. And forgive yourself. Again, that forgiveness can really, really help. I yeah, used to look that, at every, go ahead. Now you go ahead. Go uh, ahead. No, I used to look at, I used to look at other women. Of course, I worked in a strip club and, and everything that looked nice on them, that didn't look nice on me. I was so insecure about even the stretch marks behind, you know, your, where your knee is at right behind that crease. I would even look at that every little detail. I was so hard on myself. And now I'm like, what? <laughs> I wore really long shorts for that. Like I, I, I would walk and hope that nobody was looking at that. It was the craziest thing. <laughs> so it'd be the, the smallest things. So how did you ever come that low self-esteem to be able to be in the strip club? Because that had to be God working his way already on you because if you have low self-esteem. You wouldn't want to show yourself off. I was trying to prove a point to the other girl and to him. <laughs> that was the, that was the thing. And you know, when you're in the strip club, the lights are dark only, you know, it only shines where, wherever you are. And there's always makeup for that. So, yeah, <laughs> that's easily to hide away. It's when you turn on the, the lights, you're like, oh. <laughs> I love that. 
So our time is almost up. And I asked you before we came on, if you would be um, able to do a prayer, would you like to do that now? Sure. All right, let us put our minds on Jesus. Father God, we come to your throne boldly with a humble heart just to say thank you. Thank you for this day, God. Thank you for a day that we have never seen. Thank you for the activity of our limbs. Thank you for our minds. God, Just we just want to say thank you. We are so ever grateful that you are real, you are mighty, and you are all powerful. You are all knowing. For that, we thank you. Father God, as we journey on this day, we ask that you lead us, that you guide us, God, in the name of Jesus. Any hurt, harm, or danger that has formed, God, we thank you because we know in your word that the it says that the weapon will form, but it shall not prosper. So we thank you for covering us in your blood. God, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for your son, Jesus. And Jesus, thank you that you that you made the ultimate sacrifice that we may have life and that more abundantly. This prayer I ask in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So tell people where they can find you at. You could find me on Instagram and Facebook at Magdalia Smith. I also have a website. It's www.authormagdaliasmith.com. And I just realized it said .com. <laughs> <laughs> I make that mistake all the time. <laughs> there it goes there. And where can they purchase your book in the face? Wait, excuse me, say that again. Where can they purchase your book in the case? You can purchase um, my book in the case on that same website. Or if you're in Wisconsin and you don't want to go on the website and you're near Milwaukee or you just want to drive here, I'm at 6129 West Greenfield Avenue. It's where my lovely salon is at. <laughs> I love that. I want to thank you so much, Dahlia, for coming on and talking about your experiences and for sharing your passion for faith and for sharing your book and for sharing your story because it's only when we're vulnerable and we see where people are struggling with the same issues that we're struggling with that we're able to come mm -hmm. out on top of everything. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Just, oh my God, you, you know, I just want to say this. I was never a fighter. You say fight and I'll fall apart. <laughs> but I realized that God put a different type of fight, fight and it's in me. And the fight is to keep holding on, to never give up. Don't give up on your dreams, your, your hopes, your aspirations. I'm a living witness that with God, all things are possible. I love that. And to hold on to his presses. And if you obey God, he will bless you real good. Obviously, <laughs> you can see all the blessings that he's created in your life. And so, guys, I want to thank you guys for listening he's in on the conversation. And I will drop all the links where you can find her book as well as where you can locate her on social media and on the world wide web in the show notes. And as always be blessed. And most importantly, remember, keep chatting.
Bye. Bye. Chats from the blog cabin. Hit subscribe and don't miss the next episode.